your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche just got done ending their four-game road trip with a loss to the Anaheim Ducks, 3-1. to They split the series between them over the weekend, uh, pretty much split the... The road trip, the four-game road trip, going two and two on the road trip, and where the Avs stand right now is uh, standing-wise three and three. But more concerning than that is just the play, and that's what we'll break down today. Two completely different games against the Ducks, and the game that they played much better in, they lost, and the game that they uh, played pretty bad in they won so go figure it out so we'll get to all that stuff and then some uh but first things first follow the show on social media outlets twitter l-o-p-n underscore avalanche on instagram just search for locked on avalanche and send any questions comments concerns i know you got them to locked on avalanche at gmail.com so like I said, we're going to kind of talk about this in total, not just split it up, do one one game and then the other game, just because you have to kind of lump these two games together and figure out uh, the good, the bad, and, and what's going on here with the Colorado Avalanche. But the first game, the Friday game against Anaheim, was just a, a, an, an ugly game. There was really no flow to it. Uh, the, the Avalanche, the second period for the Avalanche that's the worst I've seen them uh, in in a good while. And, you know, the, the the thing is, like, you know, what you can take out of that game, first of all, the, the Avalanche went up early again, and Anaheim, come, you know, they go back and forth, and it ends up being 2-2, two to two and the Avalanche end up winging, winning it in overtime. And you look at it, and you're like, all right, yeah, like, they, 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 played, they played bad. But they won. Against Anaheim or not, Anaheim plays a tough game. They don't scare you offensively so much, uh, but they are that grinded-out team, and that's exactly what they did in both games against the Avalanche. <clears throat> and they they dump and chase all the time, and that's their style. And hopefully they get a goal or two, and then it's you know all up to Gibson. And he was up for the challenge in, in both days. You know, both goalies were, were good for both games. Uh, but Gibson was was really good in, in the first game and out of his mind in the second game. And, and, you know, the game last night is one of those games where you're just like, I don't think we got it. Like, we're throwing everything at him, and he's stopping everything. And his positioning was impeccable last night. Every time the Avalanche would throw a cross-ice pass on a power play, he could read it, and he was in position to block it. He was not, I mean, maybe a couple times he, he was stretching for something, but he wasn't outstretching for anything because he knew where the pucks were going. He knows what the Avalanche like to do, and he was well-prepared. 
and and you take the first game, the game that they win in overtime, and they play poorly, and win. And like I said, I don't care if it's against Anaheim. I don't, I don't care who it's against. It's an NHL team, and and you know, we we can't claim parity in the NHL, and then on on one hand, and then on the other say like, you know, you should dismantle these teams. So you can't have it both ways. But are the Avalanche better than the Ducks? Yeah. Did they play better than it? Not in one game. In the other game, they did, and they didn't win. So it, it's just. You throw your hands up and you're like, what do you do? Because if you look at game one and how bad you played and you grinded out a win in overtime. And you're like, okay, well, you know, those games are going to happen. And then you come back and you play a much better game, a much more sound game, more game to your style. And you just had a goaltender that was not going to be beat. So how do you, like, what do you take out of this? Like, what? Is it just early season, you know, no preseason, got to get these games out from underneath you? Is it concern? I think it's a little bit of everything right now. I don't think you can nitpick one thing because there's players on the Avalanche that are playing fantastic, and there's other players who haven't shown up yet. And I think that's the that's the biggest concern. Even in a game like today or yesterday, when... Everything really seems to be going your way. That first goal that Jacob Silverberg made, like you can't stop that. That was that was just off a face off. It went right to him and he just hammered home a slap shot. That was perfect. You can't you can't stop that one. And even the second goal was a pretty goal. So the guys that are doing well you would anticipate they keep doing well. And we're going to go over some of the, the guys that are doing well and some of the guys that really need to pick it up. And I can almost guarantee you, you probably know the guys who are picking it up. Interesting thing. So far this season, the Avalanche have done so many changes in lines. And Burkowski finally came back, and I was like, thank God we got him back because he's just another offensive weapon on that second line. But what happened to the second line today? The second line was completely changed. Bednar's not happy with a couple guys. But in the lines where some guys were moved down, some guys were moved up, some guys were not even in this game. So is that is that a good thing or a bad thing to be doing that? Because, yeah, you got to work out kinks, but I don't think he's... I think he knows this is a short season. Well, he does know it's a short season. I don't think he knows it. He does know it. And he's not willing to sit around and say, all right, let's just uh, work through all this. And, you know, what happens if by the time you work through all it, you're 20 games in? So uh, I'm more happy with the way the Avalanche played last night than they did on Friday. Uh, but I do, I do want to. You do want to see more consistency when you have an offensive team. You know, I, I kind of, of, I'm of the mind of no matter how well their goalie's playing, when you get shots on goal, like the Avalanche are, you should be talented enough to get more than one past him. And that's not a a, a slight at all on Gibson. But the Avalanche, you know, we talk about it so many times where they have four lines that can just keep coming at you and coming at you. And that's not really happening. I mean, you're getting a good push with that first line. Absolutely. 
Uh, the Calvert line is, is continues to play well. And then it's like hit or miss. But, you know, so, you know, 33 shots on goal yesterday, 32 on Friday. Now they gave up 38 shots on goal on Friday, and they only gave up 15 shots on goal yesterday and one shot on goal for Anaheim in the third, and it was an empty netter. That was it. So they are hanging back playing defense, which, okay, then, you know, your your defenders eventually engage and they start going deep into the zone. And you would think, not problem solved, but the, the Avalanche were getting looks. And Gibson was just incredible. If you get the production... Uh, I, I mean, production is a bad word because you only put up one goal. The effort, which was much better in yesterday's game, if you get that every game, we'll be fine. I think the evidence will be fine anyway. But it's just not... Something's not working when it comes to getting these pucks in, in net. And we said maybe, you know, the, the first game of the year when they lost, maybe that was a good thing. And they turn around and you kind of think like, oh, yeah, maybe it was because they score eight goals. And maybe that was a bad thing because you've, you know, you, you are told that you're this offensive juggernaut. And then, you know, one game, you, have, you come out and you have one bad game and then you turn it around the next game and score eight and maybe that's a bad thing because now that's in your head like, oh, we can just turn it on whenever we want. And you always have to remember the other team is trying to. So we're going to go into players here and, and who we're, we're happy about and who really, really needs to, to pick it up. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to hear from our friends over at betonline.ag. And I tell you guys all the time, do the opposite of me and... I didn't say it on, on the air who I would be putting some money down on for the uh, championship games, but let's just say uh, I lost them. And, and this is why I don't bet a lot, and this is why I don't put a, a lot of money down. I can almost guarantee you uh, the the other team, go the other way on whatever I bet. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should just start like a Twitter account and say, like, these are my bets, and then everybody bet the opposite, and you'll make a ton of money. But I, it, you know, when you're putting ten bucks down, it's, it, it, it's just for fun. Uh, but every once in a while, I'd like to win one. And uh, Green Bay was was not my friend. I thought that was in the bag. Uh, you know, a warm weather team going to a cold weather city. I, I thought it was a slam dunk, but it was not. But uh, that's what you can do over at BetOnline.ag. Sign up for your free account. And use the promo code locked on, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. So now that we have our Super Bowl set between Tampa Bay and Kansas City, where is your allegiance to? And well, I don't even know if they have, they must have a line on that already, don't they? I am going to say Kansas City has got to be the favorite on that. I'm looking that up as I am talking. I would say Kansas City is the favorite. And. I would say, uh, is it up yet? Oh, it's not up yet. I can't find it. Well, I'll say Kansas City is a favorite by like five and a half. That'll be my guess. So I'll find out tomorrow if I'm right or not. Um, but yeah, that should be a good game. 
Super Bowl always is. And Bet Online, you can guarantee, is going to have lots of action on there, especially the, those fun prop bets. Is that something you like to get into? So go to betonline.ag, sign up for that free account. Promo code is locked on, and you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So who's playing? What do we start with? The the good or the bad? I think we should probably start with the bad because that that's our frustration, and that's where we uh, people like to hear the the bad news first. Well, other than you know individual players, Avalanche last two games after that you know doing very well in the power play, one for eight in the games against Anaheim, one for four on Friday. And 0 for 4 yesterday. So it's, I mean, it's early in the year. I'm not using it as an excuse. But there's going to be some guys that need to to break the rust off. But that time is wearing thin. Because now you're getting into the amount of time. You know, you've played enough games that would satisfy a preseason. So now the gloves are off. And the other thing that's difficult is these games are, like we said, the, the, when the schedule came out, it's, Day off game, day off game, day off game. And very seldom do you get more than a day off. So the Avalanche, yeah, they're they're struggling in some areas. And they don't have a lot of time to go into practice and really, really, like, focus in and, and fix some of these things. You get one day to do that, and then you're right back on the ice. So the skill has to take over at some point, I would hope. And just, you know, the the veterans that they have just start to play hockey and and not kind of get holed up into this whole thing. Like, how much is in their heads that were the favorites? I don't know. Maybe it's a little, you know, like I said, rough after the way they played yesterday because they played well yesterday. I know some people aren't going to like that. Because you know it's a, a a loss, but if you you watch them, um, it was a better game. The game Friday was so was just out of control, and that's when when you come away with a win in a game like that, while you played poorly, you do feel good. You feel bad about how you played, but you feel good like wow, we played bad, but still got a win. You can build on that. And in a way, they did because they played a lot better. But in this game, had nothing to show for it. So I think you know when when the, when the lines came out for yesterday's game, the thing that was glaring was Nazem Kadri down on the third line and JT Comfort up on the second line. Now I don't think that was done because JT Comfort is playing out of his mind. I think because he's not. I think that was done. Because Kadri has has just been almost non-existent. So I think that was a wake-up call to Kadri. I don't think that was a, an award to Comfer. So, you know, bringing Kadri down to the third line uh, kind of hopefully kind of woke him up a little bit. And, and you, maybe it didn't even need to because Kadri knows. He knows he's off to a, a rough start and he needs to turn turn things around. And maybe, you know, him being on the third line immediately makes him the best player on the ice if both, you know, third lines are out there at the same time, obviously. And sometimes you maybe just need that just to play against guys that you know you're better than 
uh, and get a couple, you know, it's like bunting in baseball when you're in a slump just to get a base hit. So him down in the third line and Comfer up on the second and then no Ryan Graves at all. Ryan Graves is a healthy scratch. And I like Ryan Graves. I, I think he had a really good season last year, clearly. So much so, you know, he, he got a contract to hang around for a few more years. But that was, uh, you know, was that season an, an anomaly? Don't know yet. I, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll, you know, he'll definitely be back because he's better than some of the defenders that they put out there, uh, namely Greg Pattern. Um, but, and that's the other thing. <laughs> are, are, when do we start looking at this as post-Ian Cole trade? Because they've really been struggling since then. How long does that go on for? It's almost like that game seven that you can't get over, that game seven hump, and that's hanging over your head. How long does the Ian Cole trade hang over your head in conjunction with how poorly you're playing? You don't want that. So I think um, Ryan Graves will be back soon. Sometimes you just need, like I said, there's not a lot of off time. And sometimes you just need an extra day just to step away, look at things from a distance, and just then come back with fresh eyes, fresh legs, and maybe get in get into a, a flow. And I think Ryan Graves can do that. Um, and I and I anxiously wait his return so we can get Grav Pattern off off the ice. I, I <laughs> that's I thought he played better yesterday. Uh, the game he played Friday was just a disaster. So th- I think, you know, between Kadri, who needs to play better, and, and let me preface this by saying I think all of these guys will start picking it up. We don't need – we're not going to go blow up this roster and, and you know, start making moves and, uh, you know, what's wrong with these guys. They haven't had an off season. Or I should say a preseason. I'm sorry. So, again, not using that as an excuse, but it just might take some time. But on the other hand, you would think, you know, they're they're professionals. It shouldn't – should it take six games for them to really get going? And and this is my, my, my wall right here. Everything happens after this game. Now I get more concerned than I am right now because you got six games in. And you got to turn things around now. But I think the glaring—I don't want to say question mark. I'm not gonna. Uh, I don't want to use that term. But I think the glaring concern is Brandon Saad. And maybe this is something like Burakovsky was last year, new face in a new city, just taking some time to get used to the surroundings and the team and how the team plays. But he's he's been he's he's a liability when he's out there. He just I mean it's almost to the point where he looks lost, uh, you know. And and it's he had a, a really good look today. And again, this you know this 
is it was it a, a bad shot that he took or was it just Gibson being Gibson tonight? Maybe a combination of the two. But he he just looks a step slow. This is a fast team, the Colorado Avalanche. And when he's out there, he doesn't he, he he's it's almost like he goes out there and he's like, I, I can't keep up with these guys. I'm just gonna hopefully be in the right place at the right time. I don't know. Uh, I, I think he is very good for this team. I think he will end up having a, a fine season and be a big player for this team. But right now, Saad, Kadri, and Graves uh, need to turn things around and need to, to turn things around quickly. What's faster than ASAP? Immediately? Whatever it is, things need to turn around quickly. Because, uh, I mean, what, what, how, like I said, how do you look at this? Do you look at this as that we played like crap on Friday and won, and then we played well, but not well enough to win? Or do you look at it as just the goalie was just out of control, and you can't count rely on that every game? I don't know. I don't know how to look at this. We need more of a sample size of to really drill down what's going on with Colorado, and you just hope the power play hasn't lost its touch. It's two games, one for four in one game, 0 for four in another. Uh, you hope they can turn that around like like a lot of things need to be turned around. I think the defense has improved. Uh, Byram, well, we're going to get into the, the good guys because Bo Byram's definitely one of them. So why don't we uh, take a quick little break. I want to tell you guys about a new show that we have here at the Locked On Network. And it's called Locked On Today. And Locked On Today is your all-inclusive Locked On podcast. Up until now, you go to you know whatever sport you want and find your team, and we have a podcast for that team. Locked On Today is all sports combined into one nice, neat little podcast. So get more out of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Pete Burkowski hosts Locked On Today. It's a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysts from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. And who knows, if the Avalanche can win a Stanley Cup, maybe I will be on there one day. Who knows? We're also going to hear from our friends at Built Bar. You know them and you love them. Built Bar is that healthy energy bar, protein bar that is amazingly good for you and comes in 18 amazing and delicious flavors. 18 in total. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, Banana bread, peanut butter, you name it, they got it. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in your delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and they are great for the keto diet. That's something that you're on. Most bars contain a profile of 19 grams of protein, 180 or 130 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, they're insanely healthy, they're insanely tasty, and they are good for you. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and 20% comes off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, kind of went over a couple of the guys that need to turn it around, and the flip side of that, 
is the guys who are playing well. And, you know, I think everybody right now is just looking at Bo Byram. And he's got, you know, he had the one assist, which was a beautiful assist in the Friday game against Anaheim. Um, he's he's good. <laughs> he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And as he gets more comfortable uh, and this defense starts to gel, I think the the lines have got to get solidified at some point. I think that they'll play better when they know who they're playing with day in and day out. Right now, you know, we had Makar and Taves on the top line for the defenders, and I kind of feel like like they're they're doing exceptionally well together. But there were times where Gerard went back with uh, Makar in yesterday's game. Now that's okay in game. I'm I'm alright with that. If you need to make a change to maybe get a spark or something, or if you see a matchup that's not working well. But going into games, I just feel like the mindset is a little bit better when guys know, especially on the defensive end, I'm going into battle with this guy. When puck drops, I'm going into battle with with so and so. And McCarr and Taves has been the top line. Uh I and there's no reason to stop that, but you know now you bring in Greg Pat Greg Patron, and I I would really think that Graves is going to be back for Tuesday's game against San Jose, and I would just like to see these lines get solidified. I get why he has to move things around right now because just things are the top line is doing phenomenal. So that's moving Landeskog back up into the top line. While I wasn't a huge fan of it, uh, has worked, and and that that's not going to go anywhere because that's your best chance right now. I think now that you have Burkowski back, uh, he will help solidify that second line. And you know, Kadri, I, I don't know if you leave him down on the third line for another game. He didn't have any, um, no points. He was a minus two. So uh, what is he on the year? Let me look him up really quick, what his uh, stats are for plus minus. He's a minus six on the season, and he's only got one goal and one assist. He's better than that, and he knows he's better than that. And I'm sure, you know, he he takes that, if you want to call it a demotion personally. But, uh, you know, the top line, getting back to the good guys who are playing well, I should say, um, the top line is playing exceptionally well. The, The Calvert line is I think, man, they're playing great. And Matt Calvert, we're going to do our three stars of the day, not name Nathan, tomorrow. And maybe give you a little sneak peek. You might see Matt Calvert in there. And the way that I do it is not just based on points. It's based on, yeah, sure, points and intangibles. And Matt Calvert uh, was, he, he is max effort all the time. So, uh, especially in that Friday game when things were ugly, he was the one thing that really did look good. So I think Calvert's doing great. Nachuskin, I think, is starting to play better. I really do. I think he like he had a rough first couple games, but I think he's starting to play better. I think Tyson Jost is playing good. He's got nothing to show for it on the score sheet, which people will point to that and be like, still not producing. Fine. But when he's out there, like he he is Maybe Calvert's rubbing off on him, but I, I'm, I'm, I think Tyson Jost will is, will be the Nachuskin of last year. Um, I think Belmar's playing okay. I think Donskoy played a good game yesterday. 
Um, and then on the defensive end, <laughs> I, people are falling in love with with Taves, and they have every reason to. And I said at you know beginning of the season when we kind of do those shows on the Kraken and who the Kraken might take, uh, you know, people were just throwing out there that they're going to keep. Well, they would depending on Eric Johnson's situation. Um, you know, d- would they go between Gerard and Graves? And now I think the way that this is going, I, I, I think you, you got to do something with Eric Johnson and you're keeping Taves McCarr and Gerard. Gerard is playing incredibly. And, He's getting to that point on the defensive end. You hear a lot of people say, oh, who, uh, you know, if if you have someone that doesn't really watch hockey, watch an avalanche game, they'll say Nathan McKinnon just jumps out and he's easily the best player on the ice if, if you've never watched a hockey game. Gerard is getting to that point from a defensive standpoint. From a defensive standpoint, he has been playing incredible. I think he has been, you know, he he might be their best, been playing like their best player right now. And that includes, I hate to say this because he's playing his, his butt off and he's still, you know, uh, otherworldly, Nathan McKinnon. I don't want to say he's playing, I don't say he's, you know, he's not better than Nathan McKinnon, don't, don't get me wrong there. But right now, Sam Gerrard playing better than anybody else on the team, you could make an argument for that. How about that? We'll say it that way. You could make an argument that Sam Gerrard is playing the best hockey on the team. He looks so comfortable. And last but not least, Grubauer. I think Grubauer is playing great. We have no idea what's going on with Francois. He After the first game, he's been out of the lineup. And we don't know why. And I, I really am a little getting to the point of concern with Francois because we haven't heard anything. We haven't heard like, oh, he'll be back this day. So, you know, Grubauer is going to need to be now what Francois was when he came in place of Grubauer last year. But I think Grubauer is playing great. So there's guys that are playing well. It's, it's like there's a line. And there's guys that are playing well, and the guys that are playing well are playing great. And the guys that are playing not well are just stinking off the joint. So get those guys to really turn it around, and you'll start getting goals, and you'll start getting Ws, which this team needs to do. You know, if we're looking at the standings, let me bring up the standings real quick. I mean, like I said, you don't want to fall too far behind too early. I think you can make uh, moves in this division. Uh, right now, because St. Louis lost, so Vegas is starting off hot. They're five and one. Minnesota has started off hot at four and one. You got St. Louis at three, two, and one, which has seven points, and we are three and three with six points. But so is LA with six, and so is Anaheim with six. So early in the season, things will get sorted out. I think these guys that you know we were kind of talking about in the second part about, you know, who needs to turn around. I, I have no doubt they will turn it around, especially Nazem Kadri, especially him because he takes his play personal. I'm sure, you know, most players do, but him more than others. So you just hope they can turn this thing around, uh, quicker. So they have 
today off, and then it is Tuesday against San Jose, and they're back home. And I know there's no fans and anything like that, but, you know, that, that does help. So let's see how it goes. So that's going to be it for today, everybody. Uh, let's not – I said on Twitter I'm not, I'm not hitting the panic button, uh, but yesterday I was smashing the frustration button because I thought they played better and they played well and just had nothing to show for it. So hopefully we do on Tuesday against San Jose. That is going to be it, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.